You're listening to Health Call Live, the area's only live local interactive radio hour devoted to you and your health. Watch the video live stream on the Health Call Facebook page and call us with your questions at 447-1190 or toll free at 800-333-1190. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Good morning. Great to be with you again. So happy to have us along with you wherever you are, whatever you're doing on this busy Saturday morning. You know, your body is always busy. We're, we live inside this little chemical factory that re- reply, really depends on several different processes all happening just at the right moment and in the right way. And when it gets off the tracks, you can have a number of different consequences. And that's what we're going to talk about today with pharmacist Greg Russell, the founder of Fort Wayne Custom RX. Great to see you again. Great to be here. Well, one of the things that we're going to talk about today is this process called methylation. We hit on that last month. We're going to revisit it this month, tied to some very specific conditions. When methylation goes off the tracks, you are at increased risk for, gosh, a number of conditions. What are those? Sure. Well, last week we specifically spoke about cardiovascular disease. We know we talked a little bit about one of the markers called homocysteine. And just kind of a, a real quick recap, remember the methylation cycle is a series of cycles that spin together. And basically, keep, they keep turning and they keep turning out end products. And those end products do different things for our health. And if for some reason that cycle quits spinning like it should, then we start seeing some potential damage. And we basically talked real briefly about B vitamins, and uh, we won't spend much time on those today. We talked about the active folic acid and and the active B12 and some of the other vitamins that that are important for that cycle. Today, we'll spend a little bit more time talking about some of the other diseases other than just the cardiovascular disease, which we spent a great deal of time last week. Yeah, and those, uh, those conditions are everything from... Gosh, ADHD and and autism to Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease. The list just seems to go on and on. Yes, it does. And so what's really interesting to me about the methylation cycle is you can almost kind of divide it down into two types of groups. Um, well, I guess three, because we talked about heart disease last mm-hmm. week. But uh, the other things that, that the methylation cycle, they seem to be really involved in our, our neurochemistry, our brain chemistry. And so, that's why when it's not working right, or when you have some of these gen- genetic factors that make that cycle sluggish, um, that we need to look deeper. And, and again, the whole idea is to prevent, right? To prevent, um, we're trying to look 20 years ahead and try to prevent something that might happen. And we'll talk about some of that today. Now, I'm going to take a stab here at recapping kind of what this methylation thing is all about. And correct me if I get this wrong. Sure. So, we're adding a, a, a chemical compound, a methyl group, to our DNA, and that sort of turns up or down certain gene expression. So, right. we're cranking the volume up, we're cranking the volume down, we're turning it on, we're turning it off with these methyl groups. Right. So, so again, as you said, you're either up in the enzymes or decreasing enzymes, and so these different chemical processes in our body, and you know, we looked at the brain chemistry, also we look at what's going on in the liver. So, I kind of think of it as what's going on in my brain, what's going on in my liver, what's going on in my heart, those three things. That makes it real simple. That's Mm -hmm. great. So, let's talk about when we think about the brain and all those neurochemicals, what do we need to be paying attention to? Yeah. So, you know, again, um, doing some of that genetic testing, seeing if our homocysteine 
is, is increasing, and that's something you can measure like yearly. And if you notice your homocysteine is increasing, then that should be kind of sending off some, some yellow caution, red flashing lights that, hey, maybe there is an issue here. But um, basically, there is connections. What we, for, for example, we look at uh, Alzheimer's patients. So they they looked at some uh, a case study looked at uh, genes, for example, of two different engineers, two t- identical twin brothers that were engineers, worked in the exact same company, had the exact same exposures, except one worked in the chemical line, and one worked more in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically lived very similar lifestyles, but what happened is the one that worked in the chemical, something triggered his genetic expression, and he increased. He developed Alzheimer's, whereas the other twin brother did not. So those are like little hints, not saying, hey, for sure, you know, that you're going to develop Alzheimer's. But you have to start thinking about what are your risk factors and how do, how do we mitigate some of those? Yeah, and that is something that uh, we can change. This methylation process is affected by not only the environmental chemicals you just mentioned, but stress and, of course, our diet, mm-hmm. exercise, all those things. And as we age, the pattern of methylation changes as well. That's correct. So, for example, when we talked about the Alzheimer's patient, and we noticed this with Parkinson's patients, two different areas of the brain have methylation patterns. And they are looking what they are looking for these specific patterns to see if they, they can be a clue that they can predict, okay, this person is a much higher risk for all. And they've been able to identify certain regions in the brain. So for the uh, Alzheimer's patient, or I'm sorry, the Parkinson's patients, you, you have part of the hippocampus, which makes dopamine. And dopamine, of course, is, is important for um, proper levels of dopamine. If you can't make dopamine, then you develop Parkinson-like symptoms. So they're looking at those things. So certain certain nutrients we now we're also looking at. So when we look like at Alzheimer's patients, we, we realized they did not have a chemical called S-adenylmethionine. Okay, or we call it SAMI. It's easier to say SAMI than that yeah, word. Much but, easier. But that methionine portion of it comes from methionine out of that out of that cycle. So, uh, what researchers are doing now is they're giving some S-adenylmethionine to try to replace that for patients that are at higher risk for Alzheimer's disease. So the SAMI is available as a supplement. I can just take it, and does my my body is able to use just as much as it needs? Right. It, it kind of look at SAMI. We you know there's there is some controversy that if you take too much of it, you might cause issues. However, clinically, we really don't see that. That's more in theory. Um, but SAMI has some neat applications. So one thing I love about SAMI is it's also anti-inflammatory. So mm-hmm. we use SAMI for patients that have inflammation and pain, too. So is there... Who should be taking SAMI? Does, yeah. do I, if I have Alzheimer's in my family, should I just think about taking this stuff? Yeah, I think that's something you should consider if you have the genetic defect you know, or your homocysteine levels are going high. So, again, you know, homocysteine is real simple to measure, and that would be one of my things. You know, yes, if genes, you know, funny thing about genes, right? You know, I can love my mom, I can love my dad, but I can't pick what, what, what they're going <laughs> to yeah. give me, right? Right. So, you know, if you've got a good gene pool, you, you know... You don't have as much to worry about, but yeah, we use Sammy quite a bit. That's that's a wonderful thing. Sammy also um, has some has some relationship with uh, um, has an antidepressant effect, so oh, really? which is really interesting. And again, that's some we have to be kind of careful with Sammy because certain types of antidepressants it seems to be 
work better with. Other ones were a little more concerned about serotonin syndrome because it is a methyl donor. Um, the, the question is, can it ramp up um, serotonin? And um, uh, cause serotonin syndrome. So, that, again, that's a theory. It hasn't been proven one way or the other, but we use SAMI a lot, and it seems to have an antidepressant effect. So, uh, boil that down for me into a nutshell. I should be thinking about SAMI if? I would think about SAMI if I have, um, for sh- number one, I have methylation issues. Okay, by looking at testing. Number two, um, if I need an anti-inflammatory, you know, SAMI might be a nice one to try. Because if, if, you know, kill two birds with one stone, per se, mm-hmm. or maybe have some depression, you know, um, whether it's mild. And of course, you know, these are depressions, a clinical disease. And I'm not saying that you should not get help for your depression. But sometimes people feel just a little blue. Maybe something like that could help. And with these types of supplements, how soon am I going to see some response? How, yeah. will, how will I know that it's working? Yeah, it takes a few months, typically, for that to, for this to work. Uh, SAMI, um, there's a study where they use SAMI versus um, uh, anti-inflammatory agents like ibuprofen or naproxen, and they found it takes about twice as long, You know, whereas patients that were taking ibuprofen could see things within a few days to a week. It takes about double that time. You know, with, as we've learned over time, uh, taking a drug to uh, solve a problem is quick and easy, but if you solve the underlying problem with some supplements or other issues, you get a longer term Well, we, we all know my, my opinion on NSAIDs. I think NSAIDs are okay in short-term use, but long-term, they lead to other problems such as renal failure um, and uh, uh, certainly, they're, they're associated with some different heart diseases. So, um, and of course, our favorite disease, peptic ulcer disease. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Hey, we got to jump out and take a break, but we're going to come back and talk about some other conditions and other issue, other supplements that you might be able to use to get over the hump if this methylation challenge is creating some of those conditions. And we'll do all that when we come back on the Health Call Live Radio Hour on WoWo. This is Health Call Live. We're glad you're listening, but don't be afraid to call and ask your question on the air. It's free, non-invasive, and best of all, you don't have to wear an exam gown. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent Lee Kelso. And I am back with Greg Russell, pharmacist and founder at Fort Wayne Custom RX. We are talking about a complex process in the body called methylation, and we're trying to make it simple and relate it to specific conditions, and one of those is autism. There is a connection between the way your body methylates and autism. Yeah, so again, they were kind of looking at, they were doing some uh, gene mapping, and they found that uh, they took samples of like, um, they used PCR, so we all learned about PCR this last few years, have we not? Yeah, the COVID world, right? So, because of PCR, they were actually looking for certain patterns, and they saw those patterns. The question is, you know, again, how do you treat that? And typically, a lot of people will use vitamin therapy, uh, the active methylated vitamins, um, because of those methylation patterns. And... Uh, again, of course, what the trigger is occurring earlier. You know, why is it? You know, um, it's occurring sometime during the pregnancy or very shortly after um, the delivery. So, uh, again, it's fascinating research. I think more to come on that. Probably ADHD is the one that um, most commonly, and there are actually prescription nutritional products to uh, that are basically 
fairly similar to the over-the-counter nutritional products that we're talking about now. Of course, the prescription ones require prescription. They tend to be real high dose. They tend to be very expensive, too, and insurance doesn't cover them. So, you know, uh, there's definitely a place for the -the over-the-counter nutritional products if the doctors want to use those instead. Um, But what they did on that course was they actually sampled umbilical cords of of mothers, and they did a fairly large study. They looked at it, and again, they were looking for these methylation patterns, these gene patterns, and they found basically two or three different sites um, that seem to be very common. The um, the confounder, or what kind of is confusing about it, is they did the same thing with with children. They took blood samples, and they didn't find those gene patterns. So, you know, more to come. What? Why were they triggered? Why did the kids with ADHD have these certain gene patterns in the umbilical, but they didn't have them when they aged? So, it's, it's confusing data, but again... Uh, I can tell you from having hundreds of parents come in with ADHD for their kids, we put them on methylation vitamins, and it seems to help. So, give me an example of what is a, a, a methylation, methylation vitamin. That yeah, I would so take. the big one is MTH, uh, which is methyl tetrahydrofolic, and that is folic acid, the active form of folic acid. So we use those. We usually have to start low um, in the one milligram range, but it goes all the way up to the fifteen milligram. And then we would also probably give some methylcobalamin, which is methyl. B12. So those are the two common things that that are given. So these are special activated vitamins. Right. Special forms of ordinary vitamins. Of ordinary vitamins, right. And then what effect do they what are parents telling you they're seeing? Well, they see the kids have better focus. You know, that's or their behavior improves. Now, it becomes very complex with ADHD. Not all kids respond like that, and sometimes we have to use some fish oils and uh, some other type of things. And that's a whole other radio cast. Yeah, I think it might be. <laughs> but you know, again, I, I always mention this whenever you're on. That is one of the advantages of working with someone like you, who is a clinical nutritionist and a pharmacist. You understand things from both sides. And you encourage people to come in and talk with you. Absolutely. I think that's what brings me great joy, is being able to spend the time to explain these processes out and try to make a difference. That's yeah. great. So, uh, women and ha- and their special needs with estrogen and what a powerful hormone that is yeah. in their bodies and how does that affect the whole methylation yeah. so, cycle? So again, earlier we talked about how methylation occurs in the liver and it's your body's detoxification process. It's, the fi- it's one of the last steps to to get your the chemicals out. And, and so I tell people methylation estrogen basically goes down three different pathways. It's like three different roads. Okay, and there's a good road and there's a less traveled road and there's a terrible road, a rocky road with lots of peril. And if you have too much traffic on the good road, they're going to start taking the arteries and start using the bad, the, the worst roads. What we're trying to do is prevent you from going off the tracks and hitting the bad road. So, methylation is that process that helps eliminate those hormones and keep them on the highway, keep those cars on the good road. And there's a... Um, so there's different things that can be done, but probably from the surface of uh, vegetable point, there are two chemicals called diendylmethane, diendylmethane, and I3C, endo-3-carbonyl, which are found in and, um, cruciferous-type vegetables. Okay? So broccoli, cauliflower, all of those things. Right. Now, the problem is if, if people that are taking hormones or they have risk factors where they've had cancer. We like patients to be on these because, again, we're just trying to make sure you don't go down the rocky road. Okay, we want, and that's what these these hormones, or what these nutritional products do. 
And so, I, I like these products um, because they're very safe. Uh, but again, you know, who's going to eat a bushel basket of broccoli sprouts every single day? Mm-hmm. I, I like broccoli sprouts, but I can't eat them every single meal. And then I want the most, the potentized portion of it. So again, we're trying to help that that metabolism, and it's also good for even men um, because we know testosterone also goes down similar pathways. And we need to, for example, if you have prostate cancer, we'd want we we like these products too. So. What do I what do I ask for? Or what do what are you going to steer me to? Yeah, if I'm there's coming there's in with actually that? two products that we use. One is called Estroguide, and that has the diendole methane and the endo three carbonyl in it, which is from the cruciferous vegetables. And I like that for most patients that we just are putting them on the estrogen products. We're just trying to keep them safe, and um, you take one capsule a day typically on that. Um, there's another product that's the same thing, uh, very similar, called uh, CDG. Estroguide, and that stands for calcium deglucrate. So it's basically estroguide plus another product called calcium deglucrate. It's a more potent form, and I use that for women that have cancers or if they have, there is testing that you can do. You can do a urine analysis to see how much of it's going down the good highway, how much of it's going down the rocky highway. And those would be, and you know, again, it's all gene driven, okay? So, um, we, we like to use that one just to make sure pa- patients are safe that have really bad outcomes or they're experiencing side effects. So if I am interested, I've got your attention now on this whole methylation issue, how do I know that what I'm feeling might be related to a disorder there and what can you do to help me with that? Yeah, so good question. And I'll back up for just a quick question. I also like, or a quick statement, I also like using these, these forms for women that are on birth control pills. Because they are definitely going to go down the wrong pattern, highway. So, you know, we want to make sure those those end products, we're not going to drop your levels of your hormone, but we're going to make sure that the breakdown products are eliminated safer from the body. So, there's quite a few people that take uh, oral contraceptives, too. Yeah, absolutely. And they probably, you know, we're trying to prevent that that problem that you're going to have 20 or 30 years down the road, potentially. So, again, uh, your, your question, back to answer that, um, you know, we have to really look at your medication, your history, what's going on with you. I have heart disease. I've had heart disease in my family. Um, I've had cancers, you know, whatnot. We, we try to evaluate the patient on a whole. And um, it's just and basically it's a question and answer. You have to come in. We have to ask the questions, and we have to get the answers. And so that's why we like the consults. But we're also available for quick questions and answers at any time at the pharmacy. And that is at uh, Fort Wayne Custom RX. They are at 425 East Dupont Road, right behind the Casa Grill. You can order products online at fwcustomrx.com. If I go and ask my doctor about this, hey, I heard I heard Greg talking about this methylation thing. Is that anything I should be concerned about? What are, what are they likely to say? Yeah, I think probably most doctors aren't as informed as they probably the information is out there, but you really have to dig to find it. Um, but as time has gone on, I think more doctors are getting involved or understanding the process. We do have doctors that send patients in all the time. Some of them are, are integrative doctors. Some of them are just more conventional heart doctors. Um, so I think doctors are starting to pick up on it. But I would say if you asked me that 20 years ago, I would say most doctors would say, ah, you know, it's, it's nonsense. But I think the science is starting to pro- catch up with it. And I think the proof, you know, people are getting, some people feel better. So they know. 
Well, that's great. Yeah. Well, we just taken about half an hour to discuss it here. You don't get that kind of time in the doctor's office. So how is he going to explain that, right? In yeah, it's minutes? complicated. That's why we did two shows on it. Yeah. Um, because we knew uh, there would be. It's it, you know, if I did a seminar on it, I'd probably spent two hours on it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot to consider. <laughs> a lot to talk about. That is Greg Russell from Fort Wayne Custom RX. And as I said, you can find them online at fwcustomrx.com. On the other side of the half hour, we're going to be taking a look at some. Something called interval diets and uh, talking to Dr. Nick Fuller out of Australia. He says, are the problem. They are the reason that you can't lose weight. We're going to get to that when we come back here on WoWo. Podcasts by Federated Media.